We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I can say the same thing about Zach Wilson, I think. Unless we really want to go into that theory that the Jets are going to take Mac Jones. They're not. No way. Welcome to the very first episode of Stay Hot. I'm Matthew Sponauer, and I'm joined here by TikTok superstars <laughs> Bladen Kirk and Theo Ash. Bladen Kirk and Theo Ash, are you guys excited for this? A little bit. I'm a little bit excited. Uh, it's. I could be. I've been more. No, I'm just kidding. I'm very excited for this. Um, I'm <laughs> very excited for uh, actually getting this going. We've had a lot of test runs. We've had a lot of technical difficulties. We've had a lot Matt, of trials and tribulations. We've had Matt's apartment burning yeah, down no. and <laughs> just the world giving him a big like middle finger all the time. But here we are, and I'm excited to finally like get this live. Every, everyone's Wi-Fi is working for once. <laughs> that too. No, it's, it's great really to be here. We have a lot of exciting topics to talk about, but I do want to bring up that we were supposed to start this like a week ago, and then there was a fire at my apartment, and it took out the Wi-Fi. Uh, so I've been going back and forth to the library, and we weren't was, able to. It fill. was probably some other upstart podcast who didn't want yeah. us like uh, didn't want us like crimping their vibe. And yeah, were my trying apartment to building was us. sabotaged. Yeah, by another um. podcast group. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but but we're here now. You can't stump us that easily. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming Facts. we can get through the rest of the recording. So I'm assuming that most of the people who are watching this uh, know either me, Bladen, or Theo. And you know a little bit of how we discuss football. Um, if you've been on uh, Locker Room before when we've been on there, or maybe you've been on uh, any of our TikTok lives, you, you know a little bit how we talk. Uh, we'll get into the X's and O's. We're obviously, we all know each other, so um, we'll probably get at each other a little bit. Uh, and though there'll be a fair number of hot takes, I think Bladen and Theo maybe go a little bit overboard sometimes. Um, but I, I'm really excited for it. I'm pretty sure Bladen and Theo are excited for it. So I think we should just get right into it. Can't be more excited than this serial. That, that's probably what I'm most excited about right now. Yeah. So we're recording the first episode of this podcast, and Bladen's decided perfect time to have some cereal. <laughs> but Bladen, you're in the Browns jersey, and that's Amen. the first thing that we're planning on talking about today. 
they just recently yeah. signed Jadavion Clowney. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on this signing because Jadavion Clowney doesn't put up big sack numbers. You agree, Bladen? You, 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 you've seen me talk about Clowney before. I hate when people talk about Clowney. They're just like, oh, he, he never gets any sacks. Well, like, yeah, he's a run stopper. It's like you watch him in college. All of his big highlights are like him blowing up. It's like the play he knocked was in a Michigan player's helmet off. It's yeah. Like just him blowing up runs. That's like, that's what he does. It's like, yeah, every once in a while, it's like if he's opposite of another great pass rusher, he might get some sacks, which he is. But I'm, I, I like that he can stop the run. That's what the Browns need. So, you know, I'm perfectly happy with it. And we didn't give him, you know, an arm and a leg. So I'm more than happy. Yeah, that's true. It's just a one-year incentive deal, um, which I guess is low upside because even if he does ball out this season, you probably won't be able to keep him next season. Um, but I, I don't hate it. I, the way I look at it, no team wants to face Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett at the same time. And there's very few teams that have the tackles to handle that. I think his sack numbers are going to go up. I think he's going to get a fair number of sacks opposite Miles Garrett. It's not unreasonable to believe he has a career season. I, I don't know. No, it's so. not. I think with Clowney is, I think Clowney, I think he's capped out. Like he's not ever going to be a great edge rusher. Like I think that he could have like, he's never had a double digit sack season, but he has had like nine and a half sack seasons. And I think he could be around there. Um, drawing a lot of single. And also I think m- my thing with Clowney is if you watch him, his burst and his get off and his athleticism is phenomenal. Um, it's just that he doesn't have a ton of bend and he doesn't have like this great plan when he's pass rushing. So like when he's on the edge against like a vertical set, like when the, when the linemen like walk backwards, like he, he has a hard time winning those situations. But like, again, why it's so great versus the run is when they fire right into his body, he's always going to be the most aggressive one, like right off the snap. And that's why I think like, you can kick him inside. And I think honestly, his skill set's a little bit better there because he doesn't have to deal with like dropping back tackles. But like, yeah, I think for the Browns, like you can move him. Like he's always kind of going to be like one-on-one because of Garrett, you, they can move him inside. Like I don't, I don't hate the signing either for the cost, but I don't think that he's like going to have some like huge generational season just because I think he's maxed out kind of. Oh player. yeah. I mean, he's not going to have like a generational, like, Oh yeah. I mean, I don't player of the year. Type yeah, you're season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just think he's kind of maxed out as a pass rusher, but he's still a solid, solid um, player. So I tweeted out that like, I thought the Browns were super bowl or bust this season. And it literally everybody disagreed with that take because it was either Browns fans taking that as me saying this was their last year to be a good team, or it was people who don't believe in the Browns um, taking it as me saying that the Browns are like the number one Super Bowl contenders. But seriously, they're they're negative in the cap space next year, I'm pretty sure. They're going to have to get like replace their entire defensive line outside of Miles Garrett. They're going to give Nick Chubb a bunch of money. Uh, So I feel like the roster isn't going to be like, obviously they could draft well, but it's going to be difficult to keep putting the amount of talent, like keep getting the amount of talent they've gotten from free agency uh, on the team after this season. Yeah, for yeah, sure. The, the Browns are, they're, they're in a good spot. Like right now, you know, they built this great defense out of basically nothing. They signed John Johnson to a great deal. You know, just got Jadavion Clown and we got Troy Hill. Um, so yeah, it, it is, you know, kind of a win now opportunity. You know, they, they obviously built this team. You want to win now. Worst case scenario, you kind of want to win next year. You know, that's like worst case scenario, but then you don't have Clowney and you're probably not going to get him back next year unless he's, you know, really, really good and you're really, really good. So, yeah, I would say, you know, if the Browns don't 
I don't think they have to go to the Super Bowl. If they were in the AFC Championship game, I think that would be a good season. But I think you're definitely building this team to win a Super Bowl, either this year or next. Yeah, I don't know. I, at what point, I just feel like the Browns can't get over the hump of like having lower expectations than other teams. Like, if the Browns go to the AFC Championship game and they lose, people will be like, oh, well, that's that's great for them. But with any other team, I feel like it would be like, oh, man, I can't believe we were one game away from the Super Bowl, you know? It's like, oh, it's good because it's the Browns. But if the Browns are really over yeah. the hump and legit, you know, and you go to the AFC Championship and lose, that should be disappointing. Yeah, they have a lot of talent. I, I guess, that, okay, I... Yeah, they, Theo, I yeah. want I want to cuz you're you're a, you're a guy that's always been in the championship game and <laughs> Right, yeah, the, know, Packers the Packers have been it's hard, <laughs> I mean, I can say it like the it is hard to retain this much talent. Like the Browns roster right now, it's hard to find like a super weak unit and that's hard to retain especially when you've got a quarterback who's on a rookie deal right now and that deal is looming maybe not next year and maybe after that he gets franchise tag but the deal is looming the chubb deal is looming the denzel ward deal is looming and and i think that they're they're like if they again if they don't win this year it's going to be tough like with their cap space not even being real great like you said they built uh built a defense out of nothing yes they kind of did but also they're negative in the caps they built a defense out of money and now like the price will come to pay you know like you're gonna have to pay the price eventually here and so yeah i do think that this is kind of a year where if the browns they're not i don't know if this isn't a building team they're here right yeah right this is not a team that's building they're here and if they don't win if you don't win when you're here it's tough to be here every single year. So yeah, this is this is a big year for the Browns. The expectation should be winning it all because their their window is open right now. So the reason why I think so many people took offense to me saying that the Browns were Super Bowl contenders is because they don't see them getting past the Bills or the Chiefs. And reasonably so. But I think that the Chiefs' biggest weakness right now is at tackle offensively. That's how you beat the Chiefs is you get a lot of pressure and hopefully so much that Mahomes can't handle it. Now, I don't think they're going to get so much pressure, um, as much pressure as Tampa did against them. I, I don't think any team would. Uh, but with Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, they're matched up to go and, I think, have the game plan. I mean, the, Brown, the, the Browns almost beat the Chiefs this past season. They almost yeah. beat the Chiefs this past season yeah. in the playoffs. So, they did. They did. Matt, don't look at me like don't 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 look at me like that, Matt. Don't look at me like that. He's right. They did. They they did almost beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs got worse this offseason. So I don't think it's unreasonable. Like Mahomes is great, Tyreek is great, and Kelsey is great. But like again, I do think that it is again. There, this is they have the pieces there to beat the Chiefs if if the Chiefs can't figure out their tackle position. And I think honestly if we're going to go broader about the chiefs, I feel like a lot of teams can kind of beat the chiefs if they don't figure out their tackle position. You know, what is something funny from the super bowl? Uh, the chiefs kind of had a lot of big drops. I don't it know is. if I even think their weapons are that consistent. Like, okay, obviously Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they won't be able to handle a Kelsey or Hill yeah. injury. They won't. Yeah, no. Like if that happens, they've got one guy. Yeah. I don't, I mean, Hardman's all, all right. Uh, uh, and then after that, Talking Byron about Pringle, Byron Pringle, baby. People <laughs> been talking about the Chiefs need to draft O line. They might need to draft a receiver. They've got a lot of needs everywhere, and that big three is <laughs> is like if any of them go down, the Chiefs do not have a lot it's of over. depth. So I'll, that's the Chiefs are more yeah. susceptible to like a big injury than I think. Maybe the Browns is. I think the Browns obviously their offensive line needs to stay healthy just because I think Baker 
to be like an elite player needs can't be like dealing with pressure all the time. I don't think that's really his game. Um, but like, I think the Chiefs, I think they can beat the Chiefs. And I don't think it's some lock that the Chiefs make the make the Super Bowl. No, I 100% agree. And it's a little bit like, okay, do give Mahomes his credit. The guy hasn't missed an AFC championship yeah, game right. yet. Yeah, I mean, obviously. But, yeah. I mean, the strengths of that Chiefs team are not plentiful. Their they're, uh, defense isn't good. And I don't think it's going to get significantly better. It's not so bad that they can't win. Yeah, they'll need you know? Sneed. They'll need Legereus Sneed to be like elite right away. Otherwise, I don't love it because the front seven. I mean, Chris Jones is good, but the front seven is eh. secondary corners are eh, unless Sneed goes and, crazy. Uh, Tyron Matthew was already kind of having to be a world beater at safety. I mean, there yeah. were, there was a lot of plays where I'm like, he's out of position, but it's like it's almost the defense is almost forcing him to be out of position a lot of times. Like he has to cover a lot of ground. But I don't know. I. I I agree that I don't super believe in the Chiefs this year as much as I love Mahomes. Um, and, you know, maybe that's a dumb bet to make against a guy who, again, hasn't missed an AFC yeah. championship game. But I just, our roster is rough. And Did they, any, uh, as a Panthers yeah. fan, I'll say this. Any team that is starting Mike Rimmers at tackle <laughs> not have a good chance to win the Super I, Bowl. I thought about you Bless when I heart. was looking at their roster. I thought of, I saw uh, Rimmers and I thought of you. I just, uh, did the, did the Browns go Oh, and two against the Ravens last year? Did they beat the Ravens last year? Yes, they did. I know they lost the like best game of the year. I can't remember they, how the, the first Browns game. did not beat the Ravens last year. Okay, that's sure. I think honestly the Ravens are kind of a sneaky team and a team that the Browns are going to have to have like struggled with. And last year, even you know when the Browns when the Ravens were a little bit below expectations and the Browns were a little bit above expectations, the Browns still didn't beat them. So I think honestly. If there's a if there's a real huge threat to the Browns, I think the Ravens um, and honestly the Chiefs. I think the Ravens are kind of a sneaky team retooling. But you think? But, and you if think they win, the, the, uh, but, but again, the the Browns defense, the Browns defense was terrible last year. Yeah, it was terrible. That's true. Our secondary yeah, but, was a yeah. joke. Andrews and Deho was the worst player in the <laughs> NFL last year. I'm convinced. He is not good. Anyway, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of guys uh, teams for them to get past in the the AFC's loaded, but uh, uh yeah. Are you know. taking the Ravens over the Chiefs next year? I would. I Ravens are my AFC Super Bowl team. Um, I I believe in the Ravens. But yeah, it's just, Fair enough. I want to see him go receiver time left. in the first, but uh, that's a whole Bateman. Oh, another can of yeah, Bateman. Yeah. You know, I was meaning to ask you about this, uh, not to get off track, um. But Bateman tested super, super small. He tested yeah, he like, was, like ridiculously Yeah, they were lying. They were, they, were, they were straight up lying to everyone on his... But lying uh, by a lot. It wasn't like, lot, oh, he yeah. came in an inch short and five pounds too small. He came in at like six foot 190. Yeah, like two inches shorter and like 20 pounds lighter than he was listed. I don't... I mean, I love Bateman. I saw what I saw on tape. I loved it. Um, you know, how tall he actually is doesn't change what I saw on tape. But it is funny how like... They just do it straight up, like <laughs> bold face lying about how tall. I think, him. but I think that's worse because the truth is going to come out about that. It's not like yeah. they're never going to figure out that you don't weigh yeah. twenty pounds heavier than you do. Yeah, uh, and it looks right. even worse when you say you're something and then you're not. <laughs> but if we're going to get into the drafts, we got to talk about these quarterbacks. Um, we I, we're sp- we want to go over the landing spot, pretty much everybody. But I can start us off. Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville. We don't really need to discuss that too yeah. too terribly much. I mean, yeah. and it's, I could, it's it's obviously happening. 
I can say the same thing about Zach Wilson. I think I don't think that Zach Wilson is like uh, prone to falling. Uh, or unless anything. unless we unless we really want to go into that theory that that the Jets are going to take Mac Jones. They're not. <laughs> but when it really gets interesting, uh, when it really gets interesting is when the 49ers pick because whatever they do changes the entire draft because you're going to end up with two possible scenarios. Either they pick Mac Jones. And then even if Atlanta takes a quarterback at four, uh, there's still another one of the top guys there or Atlanta takes or, uh, or the 49ers take Justin Fields. Like a lot of people are expecting them to. And then we don't really know where Mac Jones is going to go. So what I asked this and then Matt Miller asked it as well. I saw every single response under both of those tweets. Where is Mac Jones going to go if not to the 49ers? It's an interesting question because I feel like the most, the landing spot that I saw the most before his like 49ers hype was like Washington at 19, Chicago at 20, um, and maybe like maybe New England at 15. Um, Those were the spots that I saw before he got this top three hype all of a sudden. And if you take away the 49ers hype, is he getting like, if you take away that hype, is he, is anyone said that he's going to like top 10 for sure? Is it just like three or bust? So I kind of feel like, I mean, Haskins was kind of a pro style quarterback that, that everyone was surprised to see fall a couple of years ago. And everyone was like, Oh, why is that? He's so smart. And so like, good. Like why is Haskins falling? And because the NFL didn't really value his skill set, I guess. And I think you could kind of see, and I wonder if Washington would stop that fall again. That would be interesting. You know, smart is one of those things that people say about quarterbacks when they put up good numbers and they can't point to a certain reason why. (laughs) That's not to say that Mac Jones or Dwayne Haskins (laughs) are or aren't smart. But like, if this happens all the time, a guy will put up like 50 touchdowns and it'll be because he was on a great team. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's Trask really is smart. smart. Is he? And I, I heard smart for Trask. <laughs> and Mac Jones is interesting because Mac Jones, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was the, Al- the Alabama offense is like bullshit. Like it's a bullshit offense. It's like very, very like weird. And there's not a ton of. I watched Mac Jones and Justin Fields tape today, right? For like four hours. I just sat down and watched both of them. And Mac Jones. I don't think there's a single series in which he goes more than two plays without a wide open receiver. Like, like it's a, ridiculous. Like a uh, RPO. It's it's a lot of like yeah. Like RPO no, it's heavy. like it is yeah. the most bogus, easy to play in offense I've ever seen. Where, but when you watch Justin Fields, you know it 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 is the total opposite. I mean, they're against against Alabama. Justin Fields has no time to throw. He doesn't. Ha- I don't think he has hardly any wide open receivers. Like it's it it I don't know Mac Jones just plays a different sport. Yeah, for sure. And I think with with Jones, like, and it's interesting, like him compared to like Trey Lance, for example. Mac Jones has started like what's his experience? Eleven games in a BS yeah. offense. Like, how, <laughs> are we totally sure that this guy is like the the IQ prospect when he is like not really asked to do all these really insane things, and he's not some experienced veteran. So I don't know. I feel like Jones, I, I understand why Kyle Shanahan might like him because he's so accurate in like the short little throws over the middle and, you know, accurate, like pretty much everywhere, like within 30 yards and the 49ers offense, all you need to do is kind of hit these like 
these little short things and their yak guys can can go take it the distance. So I understand why he might like him at three, but uh, I don't I don't I, f- I see that being Fields. No, I I don't I don't think they'll end up taking Mac Jones. Um, I have a lot of it seems like every 49ers fan on Twitter is super scared about it. But I'll go ahead and give you um, my bold take for Mac Jones. If he does not get picked by the 49ers, the Patriots will not take him. They're, I don't know why everyone keeps making that mock. I don't get it. Like I, don't I used think to be that's like bold, Matt. I, I like yeah, I, no, I don't know why. No, because you every be- no everybody <laughs> has Mac Jones going to the Patriots or not everybody, but like a lot I've of people. I've seen it a lot, yeah. And it makes no yeah. sense. I I, it, it I, makes used to, I used to I used to mock sense. it, and then they brought Cam back, and I was like, okay, why would they take Mac Jones? That doesn't make any sense. We want to talk about the Patriots getting a quarterback. The situation in which the Patriots in the first round get a quarterback because I don't I don't know maybe they like Mond in the second or Felipe Franks or whoever, uh, but the situation where they get a quarterback in the first round is Jones does go at three and then Atlanta doesn't hold a monopoly on the last high-level quarterback and then they can trade up probably past the Panthers or somebody to seven or six or five or whatever uh, and get Trey Lance or Justin Fields, probably Trey Lance. That would be a situation where it would make sense for them to actually go after a quarterback. But I don't think if they sit at 15 and take Mac Jones, I'm going to be so disappointed. They're in win-now mode. They yeah, are, like, it makes they just no went sense. All in. And also, people are like, yeah. oh, Bill Bel- he's such a Bill Belichick-type t- quarterback. Bill Belichick just signed Cam Newton. Like, he, I don't think Bill Belichick, like... <laughs> oh, he's such a Bill Belichick-type quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's just a white. little bit like Tim... Yeah, he's, he's like, he's Tom Brady pocket presence. I don't think Bill Belichick particularly was enamored with playing with Bill Be- uh, Tom yeah. Brady at the end. I think there was that story that uh, Joe Judge, the Giants the Giants head coach who used to be the Patriots wide receiver coach. I remember when they were playing Tom Brady in the Bucks, there was that story that the, that Joe judge was making fun of Brady and like the Patriots coaching staff would like make fun of throws that Brady couldn't make. That was a story. Like, I'm not saying that happened. I just remember <laughs> reading that story that Joe judge, like before the, the Buccaneers game as the Giants head coach was being like, Oh, back in new England, we, we used to say that he couldn't do this and this and this. So I kind of think that the new England coaching staff, cause they signed cam is, and you know, that's where their offense is around isn't totally like, oh, there's a prototypical pocket passer there. He's just like, great. Like, I don't think that they, they, that, 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 I don't think that makes sense for them to take. And they're in win now mode. And I, yeah, I don't see it. Even if that was what, like, a Belichick style quarterback, Belichick hasn't done a single Belichick styled thing all offseason. So why exactly. would he start now? No, I, <laughs> I definitely think that a lot of people are saying that like, you know, every once in a while you'll see a receiver and they'll be like, oh, this is such a Patriots receiver. And like, it's because it's because it's a white guy. <laughs> this is kind of the same thing. <laughs> to be fair. He'll be he'll be five, nine. That's happened like four run, or five run, times. Run a five two forty. <laughs> And, and fair enough. But I, I think that's where that hype comes from. Yeah. When you look at the team. They're in win now mode. I don't think, I mean, there's literally that clip of like Bill Belichick shaking his head at yeah. uh, Mac Jones while he's making throws. Mac Jones head. pro day, yeah. No. And another thing Belichick says oh is that he God. didn't take much stock in the 2020 season and was looking more at 2019. That's something that Bill Belichick came out and said recently. And for Mac Jones to be, you know, the big 2020 he- like Heisman candidate, I don't think yeah. that Belichick is like, going to take that with as much stock because I think Belichick hates the COVID season and all that because everyone on the Patriots opted out. I think Belichick's mentality on the 2020 season was like 
through this season. And I feel like a 2020 breakout player is not super high on the Patriots radar. Um, okay. So we, we got to get off Mac Jones um, because we just can't talk about this guy that much, <laughs> but I will say, do you know how carried by your offense you have to be as a quarterback to not win the Heisman when your offense is great, <laughs> like you lose to, it to your wide receiver. That is, that is, that is a good point. That is and a good I'm, point. I'm, I don't want to all hate on Mac Jones. I think that if he goes to a good situation, um, he could possibly play well. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. No, I'm, I'm going to all hate Mac on Mac Jones. I'm haters. going to all hate on Mac. I, I could see him. No, I could I see am. him putting up. Garoppolo <laughs> put up good numbers for the 49ers. I could see him doing the same thing. Yeah. I just don't think he has as high a ceiling as the other guys. Yeah. I think if there's a guess right now, like kind of where we originally were, like a guess, gun to my head, guess where he goes. I would say, I would say he might fall a little bit because I don't think this. The 49ers will take him at three, and I think he'll fall a little bit because that's where all the like high hype is going. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a possible Steelers trade up scenario. Gun yeah, to my I head. Think... That's that's my that's my prediction. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um so where does that we've talked about fields? We think he's gonna go to the 49ers. If he doesn't, I'm pretty confident yeah. he's gonna go to Atlanta. Uh, if he doesn't there, I'm pretty confident somebody's gonna offer the world to trade up to the Bengals. Yeah. Um but what, what about Lance? I personally, if I had to guess the draft order right now, I would say Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance. And I think it goes yeah. in that order. And it, the Falcons get him at four. I think. So you that, think you think the Falcons stay there? That's that's kind of where I'm the, at. Too. Oh, yeah, I think the Falcons. I, I've been be I've been thinking a lot of the Falcons either trade out or I don't even think if they stay there they take a quarterback. But if I had to pick a Lance landing spot, I would say probably Denver. I would like to see him. I think that's I think that's his absolute floor. I think that could happen if we do see Mac Jones go at three to the 49ers and then the Falcons take fields and then it's kind of like where is Lance gonna go? Uh, but I think somebody would trade up for him. I feel like I feel like the Falcon I feel like Lance's age makes him a good fit for the Falcons just because yeah. he's someone that could f- and Lance's overall like I think Lance has the highest ceiling in this in this draft because Lance is, I think he's kind of a football genius from what I've heard. I mean, NDSU is kind of like a scrub program in the greater scheme of college football, but NDSU is a good pro, like it is like the Alabama of F- FCS. Like they are a powerhouse in their conference and they were letting Lance, who is pretty much new to the position, call plays for them in some games, set his own protections. I think he's a football, like, X's and O's, like not maybe not a genius, but from what I've heard, he's really good in that area. And he's physically so gifted and just ran everyone over. Like, I feel like his accuracy is a little bit questionable, but like the IQ is there, the arm strength is there, and the legs are there with a little bit of time to sit. And he has time because he's so young. Yeah. And behind in a great situation like Atlanta. Like I feel like someone in the Atlanta room is making this is telling them the exact same things that I'm telling them, and I feel like it's going to be hard for them to be like, "Yeah, we're actually going to go in a different direction." Are, yeah. are you worried that Atlanta might be in a similar Packers situation though, where it's like you don't really want to take a quarterback in the first round because you have other needs? No, because no, Matt Ryan is not as good as Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like Matt. That's, I feel like okay. I feel like the Falcons' offense with the personnel that they have maybe even underperformed a little bit, and I feel like that's kind of falls on the shoulders of Ryan. And I mean, Ryan's been in trade talks. I've heard the Ryan trade speculation before. So I mean, they do have other needs. They really do, and they should fill them. But it depends. I, I do feel like some team is going to really like Lance and with the time to develop, I think, 
especially with Josh Allen this year, having his, his MVP caliber season, I feel like there's going to be, I feel like the Falcons may have a lot of confidence in Lance, but again, I'm not in the building. I don't know. You know, we've talked about the quarterbacks here for a minute and whatnot, but I want you guys to give me a draft hot take that I can actually disagree with because this is the, we agree way too much on the quarterbacks. I mean, even down to our sleepers are the same. We like Felipe Franks. Uh, Matt, do you, I, I tweeted out that Mac Jones is a day three prospect. I mean, I don't think any of us are high on him. So I, I have him as like a second round guy. So I disagree <laughs> with it like day three, but like, I don't think any of us Not disagree. I've, I've it was got a bit g- of an exaggeration, but <laughs> I might have a, a draft hot take for you for maybe Bladen. And this kind of goes back to the Browns. I think that Gregory Rousseau makes a lot of sense to me for the Browns at uh, wherever they pick. I've been mocking him there and I don't even know if the Yuck. clowny pick changes that. That's my kind of draft hot Yuck. take is I think, I think Rousseau I, is good. I hate Damn it. Rousseau. I think Rousseau is good. <laughs> Everyone hates Rousseau. Okay, when I when I first watched Rousseau, everyone loved him. And then I watched him and I was like, this dude sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, man. You okay, you could make an argument that he's athletic, that he has that he, you know, has those traits and he's long and lanky and all that jazz. But he gets pushed around like a lot. Are the Browns going for a for a traits guy when they're in a win now season? I don't think that. I feel like I mean he could, but like who isn't a traits guy at the end of the first round? Like who's super solid? Like I mean, <laughs> like maybe if like Micah Parsons falls that far, they'll go somewhere else. But like Rousseau is huge, and I think one thing about Rousseau is I think he's a really solid run defender already, and I feel like that's something that gets overlooked when we're looking at pass rushers. Is if you're like a great pass rusher and you can't defend the run. Like everyone is like, okay, this, this dude's awesome. But then like when someone's a great run defender who can't quite pass rush yet, they're like, I don't see it in him. And I feel like Rousseau, his, his play strength is much higher than, than um, like what he his wiry frame. And against the run, I think he can like kind of hold his own. And I don't think he gets pushed around as much as is played in his saying that he, he does. And I feel like he looks my player comparison, and I said this on my ASU draft pod prospect, is like Giannis. Like you look at like Giannis when he was like, 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 like years ago. He's like skinny as skinny as hell, and now he's like jacked. I kind of see the f- same frame in Rousseau, and I feel like Rousseau could be like DeForest Buckner esque. And the Browns' defensive line coach coached DeForest Buckner, so I don't know. I feel like Rousseau is kind of a sneaky Browns pick. That's my hot draft take. Well, we're also talking about the Browns. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I, I'm not like super invested in what the Browns take, but my, my hot take <laughs> was going to be that uh, Felipe Franks is a great sleeper. But here's the thing. I didn't make a video on Felipe <laughs> Franks. I just said something about him in the group chat. And then Theo goes and you watches him. You said him. his name. You just said the name <laughs> Felipe Franks. I, I should have told you all you needed meant. to know. So I text. I text in the group chat to start a conversation because <laughs> you know me, Blaine, and Theo have a yeah have a group chat, and uh, I say Felipe Franks, and I get ignored. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, a name. and then all of a sudden, Theo's Theo's big hot take now is that Felipe Franks is super good, and. <laughs> Odds are Felipe Franks won't turn into some like star quarterback. You know, that's just how it goes, even if the guy has good traits. And I do think he has good traits. But if he does, and Theo gets all the credit for that, when he literally like stole the idea from me, you can tell. <laughs> you said his name. 
There was no analysis. You just said the name Felipe Franks, and then the conversation moved on. Why else would I have said his name if he wasn't? I don't know. Yet? I don't know why you would do that. I don't know what most of the things you do. Felipe Franks. Are you going to take him? Are you going to take him in your dynasty league, Matt? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> For those who don't, hey. for those who don't know, none of you know, I have a dynasty league that I'm very yeah, invested in. You're very in. invested in the dynasty league. Yes, I'm taking Felipe Franks. <laughs> Felipe Franks reminds me more of Mahomes than Zach Wilson does. If I'm being completely honest with you guys, I've, I, I'm can not I even. Get a, can I get a Felipe Franks is better than Zach Wilson take out of you? Uh, no, because Zach Wilson actually throws with anticipation, and and Felipe Franks does not. But. <laughs> Felipe Franks is like literally like I think like traits wise I think Felipe Franks is better than Zach Wilson. He's bigger. Um, he's I think he has a stronger arm. And like when it comes to just like I mean rushing, I I think it's kind of a wash. But I think athletic wise, I think that Felipe Franks has a higher ceiling than Zach Wilson does. Um, yeah. Now the mental side of the game, like that's a completely different conversation. But I mean, we're talking about Felipe Franks out of art. Like I said, Felipe Franks is good. And every single Florida fan just said, you're, you're the biggest dumbass alive. And it's all Florida fans. Cause he legitimately <laughs> was terrible, but like at Florida, he was you know. bad, but at Arkansas, he wasn't that bad. So like all the Florida fans, I don't think they know what they're talking about because if you look at what he was doing at Arkansas it was, it was, it was, he looked pretty good. Yeah, no, I went over to these dudes apartment last year that I didn't know, or I think it was their dorm. And they had all bet a bunch of money on Florida. And I don't really get that because I'm not I'm not super high on Florida year to year. They usually seem to disappoint a little bit. Um, but they all had a ton of money on Florida. And I just I think I forget what game it was, but they all lost a bunch of money because Felipe Franks was toast. And I <laughs> I, th I thought that guy was awful. And then you go back and watch his Arkansas tape. It looks pretty good. And he looks really strong and confident bad. in the pot. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, but Bladen, you're the only one who hasn't given a hot take. Let me hear it. You can't say, and you can't do, say do Mac Jones is a day three prospect because uh, everyone, everyone I mean, knows. Kind of a hot Anybody take. who follow it is okay. It is a hot. It take. is I'm no. It is definitely it. a hot take. I'm not. Saying I know. It's I just. Not a, I don't think Mac Jones is good. I just not. It's not that I. It's not that I'm out here being like, okay, Mac Jones. You know, is like QB five. I would. I would literally take Kellen Mond over Mac Jones. Mine like I would consider time. taking Felipe Franks over Mac Jones. Like I mean, I, I, it's just when you watch Mac Jones, you know, Theo talks about this all the time. When you watch Mac Jones, what does he do particularly well? That you're just like, wow, wow. He does this really well. It's like basically ac nothing. Ac accuracy under 30 yards is my kind of like, wow thing. For yeah. Him. Like, he, like he, dig routes, slant you. routes yeah. in that, like in post curls. That's, that's yeah. it. He throws like three routes super well. And then everything <laughs> else, like he, like, like I posted a video on Twitter. He underthrows these like deep seam routes to Waddle and Smith all the time. And they go for like 90 yard touchdowns and he gets all the credit for it. But it's like, it's not a good throw. It's the only reason it ends up being a touchdown is because they are that wide open. But he is the only quarterback that happens for. When we promote this podcast on Twitter, uh, people are going to be like, "Why the hell was the entire episode about Mac Jones?" <laughs> <laughs> we like we. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's Mac like, Jones as a day three prospect isn't a hot take. You want? You want to? We got to talk about something else. I've been. Yeah. I've been on that train for yeah, like the please past get, no, four no, days. Please give me a hot take. <laughs> yeah. I've got a hot take. Okay, here we go. Uh, Jamar Chase. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> The, I got I got a lot of hot I got hot takes okay, okay, you know, in the okay. chamber. Jamar Chase uh, is can't separate, and he's not a top three wide receiver in the class. And Terrace Marshall is literally just as good as him. Is another kind of hot take of mine. I would say that uh, that's 
at if if we're if we don't want to talk about Mac Jones, I could offer that one up as uh, to, for you guys to judge that Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase are just as good as each other. I don't know. I think a lot of that has to do with situation. It, I think a lot of it also has to depend what you value in a receiver. Like if like if you value separation a lot, then yeah. But Jamar so, Chase is so ridiculously good at catch point that like... Well, Terrace Marshall is no slouch there. I mean, Terrace Marshall can separate. <laughs> he's just as fast. Uh, he, he's dominant at the catch point as well. He's good after, he's good after the catch. Um, I think Terrace Marshall is a little bit more polished. Now, Jamar Chase was 19 when we last saw him. And, you know, his tape at 19 is probably better than everyone else's tape at 19. But like if you're given his... Like if you're not projecting into the future and giving just a grade on his, like the film that you saw, not like not making excuses about age or anything. I think Jamar Chase has a lot of development to go. And I feel like he's getting a little bit overrated this draft cycle, just because I think like his plan when he's route running is not quite as good. And I see him getting mocked to Miami all the time. He's, I don't, I, I would be shocked if he went to Miami because they do not need another contested catch wide receiver. You know, I, I, I think, feel the same way about the Bengals last off season, Blade, and you remember, I was a huge T Higgins hater. I'll admit it. Oh, so was I. No, I, I didn't so think he was I. athletic enough to win like jump balls consistently. I didn't think he had long speed to burn people. And I don't think that he's a great route runner. Uh, and he's still, I mean, he did pretty well. It seems like he still managed, like his catch radius is great. And he does still win contested passes just like through skill, maybe more than just like body and guys like the DK Metcalf. Um, but I, I would say that if the Bengals get another guy who, if you don't think can separate on routes, even though they do have Tyler Boyd, um, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. The Bengals and and um, Chase is an interesting dynamic because I feel like Chase to win in the league early is going to be based a lot on trust because I feel like giving him jump balls um, is kind of his game. And I feel like I talked about this a little bit, like a wide receiver, who, a quarterback who doesn't quite have the faith in Chase, it might be a bad fit because I don't think Chase is going to be wide open all the time. But I do think like if you give Chase a shot, he'll he'll make catches even if he's not wide open. And Burrow will have that trust in Chase. So I actually like I like Ch- Chase's fit on the Bengals more than the Bengals' fit, fit for Chase. Like, I feel like it would work. I still would take Sewell. I still would take Sewell just because I think they need that more than another contested catch yeah, guy. I, but I interesting do think Ch- ab- about Sewell, would you say that your comparison for Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall is the same for most people's comparison of Sewell and Slater? <sighs> Slater is... Slater is... And Sewell are both quite good. I mean, Sewell has great technique and he's athletic. He's just a little bit short and his arms are a little bit short. And that's why people are um, telling him to kick to guard. Um, I don't think Sewell's technique is perfect by any means, um, but I do think that he is not short and like the, his, he fits the profile of the tackle quite well. Um, But he's a little bit more raw but a little bit more like tackle esque than, than, than Slater is. So, and honestly, that might be an argument for them to draft Slater just because I feel like, I mean, Burrow got hurt because the guard got lit up. They have a good left tackle, but um, I still think Sewell is just too good to pass up on. Um, and you take a guy like that and you put him somewhere. Cause I feel like it would work, but I would take Sewell if I was them or I would, trade back but i think sewell would be my pick and even though they already have a decent left tackle in jonah williams i blame at right tackle. i'd do something with with sewell but yeah he'd be my pick i'd go with kyle pitts pitts is awesome but yeah 
if I, I think Kyle Pitts will be there, and that's who I'd take. I think he's the best player. Uh, the Bengals are bad. They should go BPA. You're anti-BPA, Theo. Why? Uh, points per what? BPA. What am I? Best player, best player available. Oh, I'm anti best player available because I think it's <laughs> foolish to assume that you know who the best player is. Like I saw the Packers take what they believe to be okay, the best player. Okay, no, 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 Theo, Theo, no, best player available no. obviously means best player on your on board your available. Well, you don't know that <laughs> you like, know. if it's not a need, if it's not a like if it's not a major need. No, if it's not a major need, it, you are foolish to assume that your board is actually right because the, you miss all the time. So if you if your odds like your board. Is probably wrong. Like you might as well take a guy that fit, fits a need because, like, there's no guarantee that the, the best player available is actually the best player available. Like, like if you're the Packers and you're you have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, and I don't care where Jordan Love is on your board, I don't care where AJ Dillon is on your board, you shouldn't take them. Or if you're the, the if you're the Chiefs and and like for some like bizarre reason, the quarterback's the top guy on your board. You shouldn't take a quarterback or tight end. If tight end is the top guy on your board and you, you're the chiefs, the oh, tight okay, ends, I okay, would not but, take But that. if you're the chiefs, but if you're the Chiefs, a quarterback would not be on your board. Yeah, you're but, talking about you're talking about the Chiefs and the Packers. I'll give it I'll give it to you there. Yeah, you don't go BPA there. The Panthers burned themselves after the Super Bowl going defensive tackle round one when they already had two like star would, defensive tackles. Even the but Bengals. We're not talking. No, even the Bengals. Like if the, if like their top player on the board was hypothetically a free safety, I would go with the guy who's not a free safety because they already have Jesse Bates. If they were after, if their top player on the, on the Falcons board is a wide receiver, I'd probably go a direction that isn't wide receiver because they have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, like best player available. If I would rather fill a need with like the third best player available than just take the top guy on your board all the time. See, okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Right. But BPA isn't like actually just the top player on your board. It's just maybe not, not valuing the like the positional need 100%. It's not like, okay, well, the Bengals' biggest need maybe is tackle, so they're taking a tackle no matter what. Yeah, BPA would be like, the Bengals' biggest need is a tackle, but they also have room for a tight end. They're not like strong at tight end. It's not the biggest need in the world, but since Kyle Pitts is probably the best player in the draft, um, well, or yeah, at least the best I mean, prospect in the draft, taking him makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is this is. I don't know. I feel like, like, I mean, yeah, like wide receiver is kind of a need for the bank. Like their wide receiving core is fine. It's not elite. Like, I'm just saying that you should not like the Packers draft scarred me. The Packers draft scarred me. That's and what I think it is. It, the You're Packers draft scarred. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did so, traumatize me. How can we it trust did. you on this? It did traumatize me. So I'm, I'm kind yeah. of against best player available. I mean, if you take, if to me, best player available literally means you have a big board, you take the top one. Um, if it's not a need, I wouldn't do it. Like, I, I think you got to draft for like drafting at a position you're just loaded at. Like, didn't the Panthers do that with like Vernon Butler a couple years That's ago? That's who or? I was talking about. It was, yeah. we came off losing the Super Bowl. We lost both of our starting corners. And then we took Vernon Butler because Gettleman didn't want to have to pay both of our defensive tackles. Anyway, that's, that's just my BPA rant. And I feel like it, it burns you more often than not. So the last thing that I wanted to get on is this tweet that I had <laughs> that uh, it, it did pretty well. Um, I said that if I got a carry in an NFL game, I think I could get a yard. Uh, and it got picked up by ESPN. They posted it on their Instagram. We've already talked about it a little bit, but my opinion on it has changed somewhat. I am now more confident that if I got a carry in an NFL game, and my goal was to get one yard, 
I could do it. Getting one yard is has way more to do with your offensive line than it does with your running back. Like yeah. if your goal was to get a single yard, because a running back's goal every play isn't to get one yard unless they're on the goal line. Yeah. But if it's like third and 20 and they don't know that we're running because all of a sudden they put this random guy in who whose only goal is to get one yard. I think I could do it. I think more times than not, the offensive line would get oh, a big oh. enough push and I would just fall forward. I think I could do it. Like, think about it. Think about it this way, right? We're all over six foot. I'm six one, Matt six five, Theo six four. If you just fell down with the football stretched out over your head, that's more than a yard. Yeah. You do well, that I mean, with an you offensive do have line. To, you do have to get to the line of scrimmage, which is like it's I'm like talking seven about yards. Yeah, off. okay. I'm not yeah, even I'm talking I'm about a sneak. I'm talking about a handoff. I'm I not doing yeah, handoff. I think you could okay, handoff too, but you it's could like seven. You could like hand it off and just like run behind your center, and you'd probably get it. I agree with that. You can't just fall over though. You would have to get to the line, but then you could fall <laughs> over, mean, and you, I think you would. You, get you could just yeah, you just run into your center and fall over. You're probably going to get it. But ESPN like posted it, and then I had saw some verified accounts like no way. No way. You're not thinking clearly. That's that's the only that's I don't care. <laughs> no, I, I could do it. First off, first off, they because saw that people tweet. don't realize how short a yard is. People, yeah, people don't realize how short a yard is. And they were saying, no way. They didn't know who I was. Maybe I'm huge and jacked. I mean, I'm not, but I could have been and they wouldn't have been like, <laughs> known any better. Yeah. I mean, you are big. I don't know if you're jacked. I don't uh, know. If, the thing is about like I feel like I feel like that that I don't think it's a, a guarantee. I'm not as confident as you are. I feel like on if you got 10 runs, you could get one yard on a couple of them. But I also think the odds you get blown up are not like low because it's kind of a haul to get from the if you're in like I formation, like it's it's kind of a haul to get to the line of scrimmage, like for a regular dude and like like yeah. the the defensive tackles coming up field. I mean, it's scary. It's very condensed. You might get lost and just kind of get wrapped up. I could see that happening like f- a good five out of 10 times. If, but like, if you got, if you got like a couple opportunities, I do think that you could like, I mean, I've definitely seen runs where like, I am confident, like I could probably get six or seven yards. The 49ers right. versus Like, like Packard, if you were behind the Browns offensive line, yeah. come on. Yeah. I mean, I watched, I watched the Packers versus the 49ers. Like I've rewatched that game like two or three times. I think I could have ended that game with like 20 rushing yards. <laughs> I guess I'll say that. I think I could do it four. I think four out of 10 times, assuming that I got like a chance in practice to like practice taking a handoff. Cause I feel like that might be a little bit more difficult. Like, like being ready to take the handoff and doing it correctly. Um, and I had like seen it a couple times, like just like in practice, like a couple of run throughs. I think I could do it four times and it was, has nothing to do with me. I want to make that perfectly clear. Yeah. You could get I think one. This hey, is true for anybody. You could get one yard, but you could only yeah. get one yard because once, once like once Aaron Donald puts his helmet in your chest, you're going to have to get, Oh, if, I, if it's against Aaron, no, if it's against the Rams, I'm just not doing it. Yeah. I was like, you're not running against the goddamn Rams. You want to yeah, run in there? No one wants to run it. You see what yeah. Aaron Donald did to that one guy who, like mistook his hey, drink or whatever. Hey, that was uh, that was apparently. I mean, apparently he miss he was mistaken, and that wasn't actually Aaron Donald. Yeah, I don't. Last, um, I don't know about. Oh, that it one. wasn't Aaron Donald. No, no, <laughs> that's he what dropped he the Chargers. Oh. He dropped the Chargers. Oh, I don't know about okay. that. That kind of seems like because uh, no, if you don't know what happened, this video came out. So like that guy was like gonna sue Aaron Donald or whatever, um, and then a video came out where Aaron Donald was like splitting up the fight. 
He it's yeah. not only that Aaron Donald didn't hit him or oh. Aaron Donald didn't start. Aaron Donald like split up the fight. Yeah. Um, anyway, but Aaron the guy Donald the would. Yeah, that guy'd be dead if Aaron Donald did it. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, it's not it's, again. It's not about believing in you. It's about it, it, there is no way in hell that anyone shouldn't be able to get a yard. It's a little bit about believing in me, though, right? I also believe in me and I believe in Theo. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of Stay Hot. Make sure to subscribe, like, uh, send it out to everybody that you know. Um, and yeah, make sure to follow us all on Twitter. Uh, y'all have a good one. Peace out. Uh, catch you on the flippity flop. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the worst two outros. Oh my god. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.